Attention musicians of all levels. It's not always easy picking out a song by ear. Sometimes you need a little help. Well, I have the app for you. Whether you're a professional musician or a beginner, Ultimate Guitar is an amazing app. For just $2.99, you get the chords and tabs on guitar, bass, or ukulele for over a million songs. They're all available at your fingertips. You also get tools like a tuner, metronome, chord library, lessons, videos, and more. You can find out any song you want. It also has like transpose button. It has auto scroll that you can change the speed to so you can play along with the song. A lot of the songs have the lyrics there so you can sing along with them. Ultimate Guitar is an amazing app. Just go to ultimateguitar.com or download the app to your phone today and start playing. Start playing any song you want. Ultimate Guitar, that's the place for you. Let's get down. Hey gang, I want to make a quick announcement. Since we started this podcast in 2011, only the last 20 episodes have been available on the streaming services. You had to go back to the Podbean app or to the website, howdidigethere.podbean.com to access past the 20, last 20 episodes. Well, gang, big surprise. As of now, the last 100 episodes are available on all streaming sites. That includes the From the Vault episodes. All of the episodes, the last 100 episodes from this episode back are available now on all streaming services, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Stitcher. Go there. Whichever one you're subscribed to, whichever one you use the most, go subscribe to How Did I Get Here. Follow us, rate us, leave us a comment if you can, and, uh, and check out the episodes, man. 100 episodes, all available. If you still want to go back beyond the 100 episodes, you can download the Podbean app or go to howdidigethere.podbean.com and always scroll through our entire catalog. All right? Get out there and enjoy the last 100 episodes of How Did I Get Here on your favorite streaming services. Let's get down. Johnny, I'm your host. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys have all had a good week. Maybe you had a short week because you had Monday off. Hopefully you had a good Memorial Day, whatever it is you did on Memorial Day. I uh, I had a good Memorial Day. I played at the, uh, in, uh, Skyrocket played the Texas State Senate end of session party. It was a long show, three hour show. Uh, it was at this place downtown. We got shut down by the cops. <laughs> but I was talking about it on Tuesday's show. I didn't know how the senators were going to be because of the Ken Paxton situation that went down on, on last Friday. So I thought maybe they'd be bummed out. Maybe they'd be celebrating. I don't know. I think it was just like the last day of school and people just kind of went nuts. Had a really good time. There was like a three-story event place that has like a bowling alley, a mechanical bull, and then the third floor that's kind of half outside covered but open, and that's where we played, on like the fourth floor, I should say. But the cops did shut it down because of the noise stuff, so we were a little too loud. They came, shut us down about 10 or 15 minutes early, got to make it home. (laughs) Anyway, it was a good week. And gang, uh, man, so I told you last week about my dad's meltdown uh, when he watched something on Fox News, and we were talking on the phone, having a perfectly nice conversation. He said, hold on, I need to go watch this real fast. And then he called me back like three minutes later, screaming at me, about Joe Biden and how I voted for him and how it's destroying the country. He called me an asshole. 
I called him a sad old man, told him to stop watching. I actually told him I'd give him $100 if he stopped watching Fox News for a week. Um, but yeah, so he has not talked to me. So my ex-stepmom, who's his second wife, I talked to her on Monday, called her to see how she's doing. I told her I was playing this Texas State Senate end of session party, but that it might be weird because Ken Paxton's uh, been being impeached. And then she asked if Ken Paxton was a Republican. And when I said yes, she flipped out, like flipped out, like they're doing this and they're not like uh, investigating Hunter Biden. They're not doing anything about Hillary. It's, and <laughs> I was like, in what world is that the responsibility of the Texas State Senate? Like, I don't think she understands how government works, but she hung up on me. Like, that was the thing. And then, like, I texted her afterwards. I can't believe this. Like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, what is the freak out with you guys? Like, what's happening? What are they telling you on this on this channel you're watching constantly? That's amping you up to the point where you have to scream at your children and stepchildren. Just, at, like, I'm, I'm not stating anything. Like, I'm not saying, like, hey, I... You know what I mean? Like they're just exploding because they're they're amped up because they're being fed this messaging and, and it's it's fucking agitating them to the point where they're so aggressive and they can't have a conversation without flipping out about the uh yeah, it's just so crazy. It's a crazy time. It's my family. And then you know when they hang up on you and they don't talk to you, you're like, am I ever gonna see this person again? <laughs> you know what I mean? Is was my vote for Joe Biden, which I live in Texas, so it doesn't count. Is that enough for my dad to just never talk to me? Also, like, I had voted for Joe Biden three minutes before when we were having a normal conversation. Like, nothing had changed with me. He just went off the rails. Same thing with my stepmom. She just went off the rails. She's flipping out. Flipping out. Uh, anyway, I, I hope you guys aren't having to deal with this shit with your families, but I, I do know a lot of people are. And I know there's, like, a lot of aggression and I know it's not just Fox News people. I know that if you watch MSNBC all day, you're going to end up angry and thinking that Donald Trump's standing outside of your door with a pitchfork ready to ruin your life. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the, the messaging that they get. They get to the point where like Fox people think there's just like, you know, Syrians crossing the border from Mexico to the United States and terrorizing everything. And um, not that there's not a problem, but it's just, you know what I mean? It's exaggerated. It's... Uh, they just keep saying the same thing over and over again. So it seems like this is heightened state of emergency and, uh, and tension. And, uh, and, and I wish people would just tune the fuck out from that stuff, man. Tune out, man. Let it go. Don't be a part of it anymore. Stop it. It's no big whoop anymore. It's no big whoop. I mean, it is like there's big problems, but we all kind of want the solutions to the same problems. Just don't focus on this weird kind of like, division thing that that keeps us divided and we never never going to get back together again is that what is that what the goal is are is, is the goal to wipe out the other side or or find a way to live harmoniously harmoniously together and figure out ways that we can work together to accomplish the goals of a country that's pretty broken right now you know it is it's pretty broken there's a lot of you know this debt ceiling vote that they're doing like they don't raise that our we're our our, our economy's decimated. Like, uh, anyway, sorry. Basically what I'm saying is everyone needs to get out of their hole, look at each other, look each other in the eye and really have a conversation about what needs to be done and, and what we'd like to see done. Instead of fighting wokeism, why don't we fight hunger? You know what I mean? Stuff like that. I'm off my soapbox. I'm done with that. Anyway, uh, great week this week. I, I saw, uh, 
I went and saw this band Palace at Emo's. Um, and, you know, gang, I've been seeing a lady. Her name's Jenny. She's really nice. We went to go see the band together. We walk, you can walk to Emo's from my place. So we walked down there, had a nice night. Great bands playing before them. Uh, Palace is a great band. Go check them out. Fantastic band. Their publicist invited me to go and put us on the list. And I, I didn't even, I, we weren't able to do a podcast, but they were like, hey, you should come to the show anyway. So I'm like, sure. So we went to the show and, uh, and I, I wrote the publicist back to thank them. And that publicist no longer works there as of <laughs> just from last week to this week. So it's a weird, ever-changing world. But the Band Palace is great. Get out there and see them. Uh, gang, I have a great show for you guys today. Yeah, Donovan Keith, man. He's like a modern-day singer, songwriter. He's been in a funk band for a long time, but he's kind of changing his sound. Donovan Keith returns to the show today. He's got a brand new single called Heartbreak Soliloquy. Great song. He does it. Uh, he, he joined forces with Emily Keeley, this great songwriter from here uh, that ended up being his neighbor. Great conversation with the great Donovan Keith. Listen, they're doing a show tonight. If you live in Austin tonight, Friday, June 2nd, they're playing at the Continental Club here in Austin. They're playing all night, all night, the whole night, like 10 to 2. So get out there and see them if you're available to do that. Also, Saturday, June 3rd, if you live in Dallas, they will be playing at The Rustic. That is a free show. I should reach out to my cousins that live up there to check them out. Anyway, Donovan and I have a great, a great, great conversation. He's, he, I guess he was on the show back in like 2017 or something when he first went solo from his band Soul Track Mind, started putting out music. He came on the show, but he's since put out uh, really a, a lot of great singles. There's a, a record called Hot Off The Wire that is absolutely fantastic that came out last year which he did with Stuart Sullivan over at The Wire recording before they moved from the uh, Mosaic Sound Collective. You can find Donovan at DonovanKeithMusic.com. Um, they do a lot of private stuff. Uh, they do all kinds of stuff. And Donovan and I, and I have a really great conversation about what, how he handled the pandemic, how he's come back, and how he's changing his music. He's about to head out to Europe and do a lot of shows in like Spain and stuff like that. So yeah, follow him at DonovanKeithMusic.com. And without further ado, this is me and my pal, Donovan Keith, chatting it up. Let's get down. With that door that's closing behind you, this open heart wants to remind you that you were worth all the love that I gave. Now the silence that lingers is speaking All the words I can't help thinking But now I know it's far too late I don't care where you go now As long as you're away from me Cause I'm tired of feeling like I'm afraid to fall I don't care who you're with now as long as I don't have to see Cause I'm trying to find a little peace in my soul Oh, oh, oh baby, I'm praying As I'm weighing up all of the things I've been saying They'll find a way to you in this song Oh, and now that you've gone Life is more water than stone And I'm thinking that I'm better off alone now this box of your stuff that I'm feeling Feels like pieces of my heart I'm killing Erasing all that's left of our history And if everything I've heard is true You've already found someone new Let them be more than I could ever be 
But I think that was in 2014 or 15. I opened for Enrique Iglesias in Oklahoma. Oh, shit. It was direct support. It was like 15,000 people. Shit. And uh, that was the first time I'd walked out on stage, and um, you you got the, the stadium size roar of a crowd when they announced your name. Fuck, that's And insane, that was right? a little like, yeah. chilling. I was like, oh, God. First minute or two, I was super nervous because I also realized, too, that a lot of my show and my energy translate to a translate to a smaller club 300 400 people that's what i was i was trying to get to with the seeing you on that yeah. big stage really quickly to, to interrupt yeah. you is that we've we've for those listening that don't understand like when you come up in a bar situation maybe 2000 people but mm-hmm. like anywhere from like 100 to 2000 people basically yeah. is like your your realm. and mostly between 100 and like 500 on a normal yeah. in a normal world yeah you're like your 500 cap rooms yeah yeah and 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 so the transition of everything is so much grander yeah so go ahead and and what was that like walking out and hearing that roar uh, like, did you have to stop and like take a breath? Did, I did. Did you guys play songs a lot faster? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> everyone's yeah. always beating fast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You try to tell the guys that <laughs> act like you've been there before, but none of you have been there before. So, uh, but it didn't take long. You know, you get into the song. And I think we, we did play songs too fast. Yep. But I was also, I think we always did like pretty much every show. Like we let the energy just kind of take over. Well, to me, that's a, that's like not a funk thing because funk, the space between the notes mm-hmm. is what defines that style of music yeah. to me. Right. Uh, but soul and all the soul guys like James Brown and shit like that, like early, those guys play their songs like twice as fast when they play live. <laughs> yeah. Like seriously, like even like the Jacksons, like on their seventies tours. Yeah. Like I wonder if it's because the, you know, the the sum of the parts. Everybody's individual part is pretty simple, but they all contribute to a greater whole. And I think that the simplicity that they play when they're amped up and they've got that energy, then it's just this urge that they can. They're so used to playing this riff on a guitar that they could just play it super, right. really ridiculously fast. And so, yeah, it doesn't really matter what speed. Um, so there's just kind of a you're amped up a good 10 bpms you just your adrenaline yeah. moving so but, uh, um so where was that that show was in oklahoma yeah how did fort, you get up how did you get Sill. that show uh it was a guy who was involved in the lights and sound uh he runs a light and sound company that was involved in the and we had played an event for him i don't remember where somewhere in texas i mean you got paid right oh yeah, yeah. it wasn't one of those unique opportunities no no no, no. they paid us well they paid us well <laughs> And uh, he was doing, uh, Enrique was doing some um, a t- a tour of all the military bases. He was like the military, I don't know, not USO, but, you know, I mean, he's doing some kind of tour. Yeah. And uh, so they did one at the Fort Sill up there near Lawton, Oklahoma. And then they invited, they made it open to the public so people could come in. So it wasn't just uh, exclusive to the base. Right. And uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was direct support because it was, it was just the two bands. And so. You know, I got to meet him briefly. He's a bit taller than I was expecting. He's really? like 6'2 or something. And he still looked 25. He's probably yeah. in his mid, late 40s at the time. There's a kid that my dad, my my dad was like best friends with when he was a kid. And we all went to Disney World and his kids were younger than me. Mm-hmm. And his this guy's son, Carlos, ended up being Enrique's best friend. I didn't know anything about that until I saw the Enrique Iglesias uh, behind the music. Okay. I'm like, whoa, wow. there's Carlos. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a man. 
strange world. Yeah, but he's really, is he good? What's his story? I just never, I never listened to him or anything. That was the only time I've ever seen him. I mean, the only time I ever heard him was, uh, you know, Hero. He had and, huge on, hits. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hero. On, what's her name? So, the Delilah. You know, Delilah used to, on the, the radio, uh, the radio host back in the 2000s or whatever. <laughs> on what Delilah, station? Delilah, you know. No. I think it was, uh, she was nationally syndicated for a while. But oh, okay. She would just like take uh, on a late night request during a week anyway, but you know, her Euro was one of the songs that always came on. So <laughs> that was the early two thousands era. Yeah, but uh, with his, but he did his whole his whole show, and uh, we killed it. I have yet to go back up there and play though. To in Oklahoma, I've still never played Oklahoma outside uh, of that. Do you, when you do a show like that and it's a one off, do you notice like a Spotify numbers or, or like some kind of like uptick in in our people? Like, do you get off stage and you have like a bunch of new followers on Instagram? Or yeah, I mean, as far as um, I mean, just translating to merch sales that day, we crushed it. And we oh sold yeah, out, we sold out of a bunch of stuff and uh, that we had brought pretty much. And yeah, it was a lot of. Uh, there's still a handful of people that. Uh, are still active on my socials to this day that I can trace back to that show. Yeah. That are, you know, decent fans. They'll tend to come out when I go to Dallas or Fort Worth. Cool. Yeah. This comes out on Friday, by the way. And so you're playing, this is the release show? Is this? Yes. So this is a release for another, a different follow-up. So the new song has been out for a couple of weeks. And I've got another tune coming up in like June 8th. And this is kind of like a sneak preview show this weekend. All right. Oh, so good. you're playing Friday, June 2nd, just real quick. Friday, mm-hmm. June 2nd, uh, Continental Club in Austin, and Saturday, June 3rd at the Rustic in Dallas. That's mm-hmm. a good place. I played there. I like yeah. it. It's, uh, I think, yeah, well, it's just good to be back there because uh, I think when I did the transition in 2016, I played there once. From and Soul then, Track Mind to yeah, Donovan I Keith. did my show yeah. up there, and that was when I was testing the waters and just playing keyboard and sitting down for the whole show and it was all <laughs> it was really low energy yeah and a were... lot of the songs were new and so i was just basically staring down at my hands the mm-hmm. whole time to try to keep playing accurately and yeah um, I, f- I could feel it i was like wow this is very different and then i didn't get a reply back from email <laughs> like for five years i didn't play that place of course, the booking had changed hands a number of times, so you yeah. you end up emailing the person who doesn't book there anymore, and you don't know it because right, they right. never tell anybody. Really, sometimes they just let bands get lost in the dark of that right uh, transition. But um, yeah, I finally I, got to play it <laughs> for the first time like <laughs> a year, year and a half ago, and I was like, man, what the heck? So many venues that uh, you know, once they're like cherry gigs like that. You you just milk them because they, they don't last forever. All it yeah. takes is a new manager to come in and be right, like, right, right. we don't want music anymore. Or, we don't right. want this band. Or, right. Yeah. Yeah. We're switching to an all. Uh... But see, you do. You, you, you have the luxury of being able to move into in the same kind of world that we do in Skyrocket without having to be a cover band. Because to me, like if you play some kind of music that's uplifting and dancey and has an energy like Night Owls or something like that. Yeah. yeah. When they play like and you and you 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 put on this show that lifts and like boogies like yeah. you can play rooms that you can make money doing yeah 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 I, it turns into asses and seats as well yeah you've got a variety yeah. of different venues you can play and when you're on the road if you're tour it's easier to tour so much easier to tour because you're not limited to just rock clubs 
Right. You can play concerts in the park. You can play exactly grocery stores, even if there's other places that are like Central Market in those other towns. Um, do you do Central Market? Yeah. I still play it. I'm, I make an effort to play it because it's um, the diversity of the crowd and people who are, sure. are just there shopping who would never see you otherwise and kids, families, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I... I did them like when they very first started in like 1995. Yeah. Like when it first opened in 96. Yeah. I remember like the drummer from Alejandro Escovedo's band was the dude that booked it all. So it was like all his wow. bros. And, and it was like one of those gigs that like, it was awesome because you could do it and then go play a club show that night, like timing wise and yeah. stuff and double your money. Yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah. yeah man. I, I mean, I still love it. Even though, you know, the average gig that we play pays more. Sure. I still make an effort to go and play that just because it's uh uh yeah it's like it's like passing out your card or like fishing for fans yeah you know what i mean yeah that's why like when we play our sunday residencies um most of the people there are some locals there but most of the people are from out of town yeah and that's one of the best places to play i want to go there and check it out yeah what time do you do that residency two to five oh yeah 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 Yeah. it's perfect day drinking um, yeah, I mean, even with all the construction <laughs> stuff on Rainy that's kind of made things complicated down there, it's still really good. And I, yeah. I, th- I think they're, uh, now that they've got some pretty good booking there, um, they're starting to bring in a lot of really good local bands that are representing the area. So it's kind of, it's improved the overall quality right. of the music on Rainy because it was lackluster for a while. Yeah. it's Rainy's weird. It's like they develop this thing and then like keep redeveloping it. And it's just kind of like, well, you guys just stop for like five years and just let it be for a minute. Yeah. And then you've got, uh, you know, people, your influencers that come into town. I'm like, this is, these are hip things to do. And and on the weekends in Austin, Texas. And then they'll just say, oh yeah, the Rainy Street's cool for this brunch vibe, but I don't know, the music stinks. You know, right, right. Wow, okay. Um, Bangers is cool. I played, uh, I played a thing there, I can't remember, like last year or two years ago or something. And Steve Garvey, the famous baseball player from the LA Dodgers was there. Wow, just yeah. randomly. No, he was affiliated with the thing we were doing. I don't oh, know. Okay. You know, like when you yeah, go play yeah. a thing and you don't know why that guy's there. Yeah, he's here to represent. Uh, <laughs> right, you know, right. We're doing a propitia. A lot of those guys yeah. also like will come and like it motivate because they're champions. Yeah. You know, like motivate like because a lot of those times those corporate things are like a team gathering to like let's yeah. get pumped up and the dude pops out and like whoa baseball champion Steve Garvey from 1973 <laughs> like hobbling <laughs> out there. All right, wow. let's go, gang. I was like the marketing department. Who? What kind of celebrities can we get on this? <laughs> wow. Um, okay, so dude, this song uh, "Heartbreak Soliloquy." Yeah, man. Fucking great song, man. Thanks, dude. It's a d- totally different vibe um, that I'm kind of changing. And I think it. It's it's still like it doesn't like. It, okay, when you put that on and you have it on your Spotify, mm-hmm. it goes immediately to uh, "Hot Off the Wire." Like next. Yeah. It's a little different. But it's not, it's still you. You yeah, know what I mean? You've got to have a different album. Yeah, it's still in the wheelhouse of influences that I grew up on. So, yeah. But it's instead of the funk, soul, hard rock, or like classic rock, it's more of kind of your 60s pop and indie folk and Americana kind of fits in that, rests in that space. Yeah. And because, and I, I've been telling people this as shows now that I have more influences than just funk and soul. That right, I, right. Everything that in that era of 50s, 60s, 70s, um, that I grew up in, like all of that is influenced, but I haven't had an outlet really to express it. 
And this particular song was the first song I'd ever written with no music accompaniment at all. It just, I had the melody, the lyrical melody in my head, and it just kind of came out, the verse line just kind of came out while I was out hiking. And then the entire song just kind of wrote itself that way. And then when I got into the studio or I tried putting some instrumentation to it, everything I played felt wrong. Because this, the melody is the song, the vocal yeah, melody. Yeah, yeah. So I just decided, you know, I wrote all of the lyrics just to the melody in my head. I'm like, I'm just going to keep this vibe going. I would sing it out loud and right, then wrote right. it to that uh, melody. But um, when it came time to actually put instrumentation on it, it was, everything was just, I just tried not to get in the way of it. Just keep sure. it very subtle and uh, let the song be. And then that was kind of a, a catalyst for this whole slew of new songs that I'm writing and all the new influences, which is um, just letting the songs write themselves first and figuring out how to apply it to a live show and a band later. And rather than the other way around, which I'd been doing for, I don't know, 10, 12 years where I had this big band already of guys and I would have to write songs to fit the band because I had this big band. Right. Right. And so I'm like, well, I've got all these horns and I got guitar players and I'm going to write these. So we would, Oftentimes I would write the arrangements first and then the lyrics would come with whatever space was left available. Right, right. And so now it's the other way around and the the songs are a little bit more lyrical driven and um, I'm starting to teach myself to play new instruments and... What all you play drums? You play Uh, piano? I I dabble on drums, I dabble on piano, a little bit of bass guitar and then um, I own a guitar but, oh man, that's a a steep learning curve for me. But I, I picked up a... Ukulele it's good, yeah. yeah. I saw you playing that song with. Oh, so who is Emily Keeley? I went and looked at her stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, Emily's a, she was my old neighbor. Know? She's okay. a Belmont grad, Nashville. Uh, moved out here maybe five years ago, and uh, I ended up meeting her randomly on Craigslist when she moved to town because she would teach um, voice lessons remotely through uh, okay. Zoom, and uh, she bought a keyboard piano for me. And we just happened to live in the same neighborhood. It was funny. It was like, you meet somebody on Craigslist. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, okay, I'll meet you there. And you're like, that's my address. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she was one of my, my neighbors. And then uh, we hit it off. I kind of just welcomed her to town. And uh, years went by. You know, the pandemic went by. We had written a song. Or I had written this song. And then I was like, hey, I want, I can hear it in my head. I want somebody to sing back up on the yeah, song. Yeah. So we worked on the song for a bit together. But I mostly had it written. I've been like 95% written. We went together and started singing it together. And then we shelved it for a number of years because the pandemic killed a lot of things. Yeah. And uh, I did do one early, I guess, a demo version of it at Stuart Sullivan's place, the wire before, a wire recording before they moved out. And uh, it sat there for a while, just uh, dormant. But I'm glad that I did it because at least it gave me the expression that I wanted at least there right. was no music on it either. It was just the two of us singing together. But then I was able to use that to write some type some of chords. accompaniment. Yeah. So it was basically just the bass line. I'm like, no drums at all. Just let the bass line and That's maybe coolest, some finger man. snaps. Yeah. And yeah so. It's funny because that melody is so strong and it's so like, yeah. Yeah, and I think really our, our voices, voices complement each other yeah. really well, even though I'm, you know, she's definitely like school trained and I'm natural trained. But yeah. uh, the the tones of the voices are meshed really well together. It's awesome. Yeah. So where did you do you? So heartbreaks a little like we, what we hear is recorded where part at Stewart's and no, no, that's gone. Yeah. Cause, uh, I would have recorded there, but he even moved out. Right. right. <laughs> but, where is he now? Uh, I think he's in a garage somewhere. 
Maybe his garage. I don't know. One of, I think so for temporarily. Wow. Until he finds another space. But he's uh, a great, such a great engineer. Great hang too. But you got to think low overhead. You know, you put it in your garage. You know what you're doing. You probably probably make it work. Yeah, but that guy, that guy's used to space. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, this one I recorded in Spain, actually. So I've been wow. going to Spain since 2019. And part of the reason why I went was I was, that was the year that I won the grant from Black Frat Sonic Guild. Uh, and I was unlocking the grant money. And I think because of the events and stuff that I go over to the play, you, I basically got invited to go play over there by a, a musician friend who was putting on this festival. But you have to pay your own way to go. Like there's no money for the bands or anything. These guys basically just put up thousands of dollars of their own money to put this thing on. It's like a labor of love. And they invited me out and I was, and I was unlocking money. And so if I didn't have that, I might not have gone. But because I was unlocking the money, I'm like, yeah, let's go, shoot. Yeah. And then ever since then, this whole another world has opened up, and um, I've been going back uh, every year. I'll be actually in about five weeks. I'll be going there again. I'll be in Europe for like two months. Wow. But uh, attracted this place like in touring? Madrid. Yeah. Well, yes. Playing a handful of shows in Spain, and then um, some solo traveling mixed in with like an occasional show in a random country and sweet but i don't really know how that's gonna go yet because uh in each of these countries like i'm playing live at heart which is a showcase festival in sweden it's kind of like south by southwest but just much smaller uh-huh. um, again that's another thing that you get invited to the thing but you have to pay your own way there and when i'm there i don't know who i'm playing with so i'm gonna have to piece together a band with like other musicians that happen to be there or some local guys like i don't even know who i'm playing with yet but now eh, i'll figure it out wow <laughs> Yeah. That's intense. Yeah. It's fun, though. We Do you know that. who might have a good connection with people over there in the Scandinavians? Mr. Graham Weber. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. You might be able to, like, reach out. Hey, I need a drummer or bass player in this. And yeah. you might have it, like, oh, I know the guys. Yeah, for sure. That's a Sven, yeah, great reference. Lars. Yeah, from uh, Einar. Yeah. All the. <laughs> yeah, from AMS. Just trying. No, no, no. No, that's Einar. Don't ever call him Einar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry Lars. we've been I, I was just saying names of Scandinavian oh, names okay, that I know Lars like, yeah yeah Lars Ulrich Anar they'll be your but there is section. a Lars there is a Lars in town Lars Gornson yeah hell yeah baby oh okay. yeah I thought that, that you were referring to like no Lars, no no Austin he's guy. a Swede okay yeah <laughs> you ever you never worked with him I was great man fucking great and yeah. as a person fantastic too yeah also best part about working at his place he's got a pool Oh. Yeah, that's fucking <laughs> awesome. Breaking in between in between songs, I'm gonna take a dip. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's um we'll <laughs> see how it goes. I mean I'm some of these uh playing in Germany and Belgium, Sweden. I might go to Estonia too randomly. Wow. But these are all first time in playing in those countries. Some of them I've just traveled to by right, myself right. solo. And uh just bring in the ukulele. It's one of the reasons why I picked it up was I needed something small that was cheap that yeah. could easily be replaced if damaged or lost. Yeah, and uh, that I could just throw a band together and play. <laughs> and play. You can... Hey guys, I'm a solo ukulele guy coming yeah. from Austin. I need some Swedes hey, to back man. me up with my sweet jazz. I might have to play solo busking in uh, in Edinburgh for the the Fringe. I, I signed up for it. Oh shit! And getting used to playing through uh, one of those little um, the little street cube amps. Did you get an electric? Uh, yeah, so I I actually bought a um, ukulele. Oh, you got the, uh, like, I I bought something similar. 
initially, and That's, then I realized that I, I I needed more universality. So I actually bought an Epiphone Les Paul model. Ukulele. Oh, nice. Okay. And then I would plug it in. To, I've been plugging it into a guitar amp and playing with kind of the tones and the reverb and flangers and stuff. So it has kind of like, it has a slight guitar, almost mandolin sound yeah. vibe to it. Yeah, that's With cool. like a little tremolo on it. Because sure. when you hear a ukulele, it's like, oh, we're yeah. doing this now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of limiting when you hear the tone. And because it is so thin. And yeah. Kinda, so people only just tend to play rhythm and stuff. Um, it's hard to play the blues on a ukulele. But... You know, I'm making it work. I think with the the different tones and whatnot, at least give me a different element. And I think it's probably just a gateway drug to the actual guitar, which I'll sure. grow into. But right now, I mean, I can't. I'm not at, even at a level where I can right. stand in front of an audience and play and just. Yeah. I have an original cube right behind you, like a 1982. That brown amp oh is my a. Goodness, it's look an, at it's that. a it's an OG cube amp. Wow. Yeah. Oh it's pretty badass, huh? Yeah, I saw well last uh, last year when I was in Edinburgh, just solo traveling um, during the Fringe Festival that was going on. I saw a band set up in the street with all battery operated. Um, oh, that's brilliant! And, and it was like, yeah. wow, was they, they just had three battery powered cubes out in the middle, and they were able to power like two guitars, a bass, and um, didn't mic in the kit, but then they had a bunch of vocals running in each one, and they were able to make like a four piece band work out there with backup vocals. I was like, wow. That's awesome. So I got, maybe I need one of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember at South by there was a band one year that was in a van and they would just pull up and open all the shit and their van was all decked out like a stage and they had instruments with little battery powered amps and they yeah. play one song until like people like the heat, like the yeah. cops are, what the fuck are you doing? They're like, cruise to the next wow. place. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So also when you're on the street there in Edinburgh, they're going to be like, are you used to being yelled at by Scottish people? Because <laughs> they're, the fuck? Yeah, no, it's, uh, man, the fringe is crazy. It's just, um, there's so much street performing. There's so many street performers going on and there's so many tourists from other countries, other parts of the world. And it's cause it's a month long, like the fringe lasts the entire month of August. Wow. And so the fringe, yeah, people are there for the castle. They're there for, you know, the, the long high street mile. And, um, there's yeah, tons of people from, all, you from Irish? all over Europe. Are you of Irish descent? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm a mutt. It's Irish, sure. German, probably the most, but yeah, a little bit of everything. But um, yeah, feel comfortable up there. It's nice. I have a couple of friends that uh, uh, blue singing, blue singers up there. And we used to go to some open mics and uh, it's a good time. Right. The Gaudi part, like my my parents were both born in Cuba, but like the Gaudi part of my family is from the outer Hebrides, cool. Scotland. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. And Good I for the out there. How about these? <laughs> I love I love uh man, people give uh the UK crap about their food, but I mean I freaking love their food. <laughs> their Every- pub food is amazing. Oh yeah. And yeah. So people talk about and then if you're in London Like Shepherd's Pie and Yeah, it's it's fucking great there. Yeah, and if you're in London you find amazing Indian food, you find That's what I was gonna like, say is my like, favorite thing in London is just like yeah. I get like the I almost start salivating because that yeah. shit is over the top. London's right huge. There. You can find yeah. any kind of food that you sure. want. It's like the actual UK food. If you're talking about like fish and chips and junk like that, okay, it's kind of bland and whatnot. But man, the you pies, the cottage pies, and the mints, and just man, I could wreck that for yeah, <laughs> for days. Yeah, man, yeah. that's good stuff. Okay, so wait a minute. So who recorded "Hot Off the Wire"? Um. So we did that whole thing at Wire, which is why it's called Hot okay. Off the Wire. Oh, okay. Hello. I was trying to think yeah. of a cool name to give it. 
um, that was in reference to most of the songs that was on it because it is kind of a post-pandemic vibe. There's a lot of kind of grit and roughness to it. Also, okay, so it took me on the second listen. Mm-hmm. The first time I'm doing stuff around, and I got this the thing playing, and I'm like, God, this guy fucking ripped off Hathaway. Oh, yeah, we just covered I was the song. Like, <laughs> right, but you did it so differently that I was like, oh, he just kind of stole like a little piece of it. Like, is this like an interpolation or some shit? Yeah. And then like eventually the second time through, I was in the kitchen and I was like, wait, this is it. Yeah, yeah. Like he's not just song. he's not just lifting a because um, when you hear it in past, it sounds like you just lifted a little part of it because it's so different sounding. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, that is stems from an old like many years ago the Soul Track Mind live show. We had just, I thought it would be a funny song to uh, to incorporate that we could probably nail in the vibe that we wanted because oftentimes we would take a well known cover and just oh, really? play it in our own style. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that song in that version has probably been, I mean, been playing that for like 10 years or some more. Wow. And so, because it's just, you know, it is so different. It sounds like your own song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it does take people a while. I think enough time has passed since the Saturday Night Live reference. You used to get people doing the head thing. And, uh, but every once in a while, I would still play a show where somebody does the, the, the girl voice with, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for the most part, nobody really gets it until uh, like halfway through the song. And right. Like I think this. Oh, it's Hathaway. This is Hathaway. Yeah, Hathaway. That's what they're. Called. Why did I call him mm-hmm. Hathaway? It's Mrs. Hathaway. Yeah. What is love? Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't and, hurt um, me. We recorded a lot more songs to be on the wire, but a lot of stuff just wasn't. I, I feel like I'm starting to come into my own and writing and uh, the producing side. It took me years to figure out how to go into the studio and make that that work. Like uh, you have initially start with a song in mind and then actually creating what is in your head right, and making right. it work. So many, so frequently I would take musicians there and we would rehearse it and we would wood shop it. But then what it would come out at the other end, I'm just like, man, this isn't what I wanted all the time, right. all the time. So it was, I had difficulty communicating what I wanted to, so that they could understand because I don't come from a music background. I come from a theater background and then being able to play parts on instruments enough to be able to show them what I wanted. Right. um, Just took years to be able to do, but I think hot off the wire. Finally, after so many years, I finally figured out that is the sound that I wanted to create in my head so many years ago. I feel like I've, uh, I've gotten as as good as it's going to kind of move away from that. Yeah, now? because I've spent so many years just doing that right, act right. and jumping around and being crazy, which I can still do. So <laughs> it's uh, it's not that. It's just I feel like I got kind of bored with it, and I was losing my emotional connection to an audience, sure, which sure. is like the whole reason why I play music. Yeah, yeah. So now I feel myself. It's a bit like you'll hear actors who like stage actors like Denzel Washington when he did like fences on Broadway for a year and a half or two years, you know, eventually you go through playing the same show night after night for a year and a half, almost two years that like you've done all you could do. You're kind of numb. Yeah. Yeah. And that you're really just watching yourself go through the motions. Yeah. No matter how much there's all the discovery is tapped out. Sure. And that's kind of what I feel like now. So heartbreak soliloquy, some upcoming new songs are me pushing myself and being uncomfortable uh, playing new instruments in front of audiences and and it's sloppy too. I mean, I'm messing up, but it's 
it, it's pure. Like it makes me feel young again. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> it makes me feel like um, there's there's growth there. You know, it's yeah. uncomfortable, and that's always a the best place to be. And that's a tough thing to do to push yourself out of the. You know, when you're known for something and people know that to challenge your audience that you've spent all this time building is a scary thing, especially after like a pandemic where you can see like, oh, this is what life is like with no gigs. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, and the response that now that musicians have in the same way that people are not working in offices anymore. Right. The workload that musicians will do are, are, is, has changed. Like, I find it more difficult to find musicians who want to travel now. Like, oh, really? Like, they really are more comfortable just staying in town and not going anywhere and being comfortable and playing in 10 bands and not really wanting to travel. I mean, that is a, a thing, but, like, I, I come from the school of, like... I mean, I come from the era of, you like, it, this was all we did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was no, nobody was in another <laughs> fucking glasses, band. Yeah. yeah, baby. I mean, in 1989, this was like, and all the way, really all the way up until like, you know, 2000. I mean, I went like, you know, a good 15 years of just being a committed. Wow. I mean, that's, that's yeah. what it takes to make it, but it's weird. There's, there is like even the kids today that used to be like the way old dudes were like, well, I want to make a living. So I'll stay here in town and I don't yeah. have to, I'll play eight gigs a night, <laughs> you know, from, from happy hour until two in the morning, like running around town. Yeah. And the games changed a lot too, that, um, you have, I remember when I was teaching voice lessons to kids at the school in Westlake that the, <clears throat> the younger generations have this, you know, they grow up with YouTube and TikTok influencers and stars and so in their mind they don't have to travel they don't have to go anywhere else they just become some social media influencer with their music and they don't need to yeah really push it anymore where it's like it's not necessarily the environment that I was brought up in but that's one of the whole reasons I wanted to play music and be and to begin with was to travel and meet new people and right but also, Donovan, don't you think, because I have this conversation with people like working at Austin Music, with the Austin Music Foundation and, and, and talking to young bands and like, this is what I want to do. And you're like, well, it seems like to me, that world, you're just asking for uh, the disposability of what you do, right? Like, hmm. no one's going to remember your TikTok video from five years ago. Yeah, because there's so much. But we still talk about Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. Right. And those guys went out and like played and like someone had like their magic rush over them in person. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. changed their, I mean, I'm sure there was a concert, many concerts. Mm -hmm. I just had my fucking life transformed Saturday night watching Spoon. Like I felt like, I felt elevated as a human being. Yeah. You know what I like? Making the hair on my arm stand. I mean, that's yeah. that's what we fucking do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, I feel like that's what you and I do. That's right. <laughs> Fuck the rest of the guys. Well, I feel no, like you know that's I mean? the whole purpose of art and and music. And I think we've gotten away from the the I magic. Mean, yeah. As old the the as I get older, I'm leaning heavily more into the purity of the art and less about the service level money fame right that seems to be right. dominant now because it used to be remember when selling out was a bad thing yeah and then somehow they got all it, it i think it went 90s, upside down when they convinced all of the punk rock bands to go commercial that was the end of it 
because yeah. then all the there was no longer selling out was no longer a bad thing, and all the punk rock bands are making money and they're popular, and so there was no counterculture yeah. anymore. And uh, even like you could say that the rebellious <laughs> attitude came from rap, but then now they're all commercial, and it's right, all about right. what how many O's deep they run in a Cadillac, and like how much money and wealth yeah, they yeah, can yeah, project, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, just yeah. like why are we doing this? Yeah, <laughs> we're kind of losing the the point. Like of I'm instead of bringing art. beauty into the world and and magic, like putting breaking something that once like there was nothing there, and you made something and put it there yeah, and added and to the world's beauty. It's like. You know, it's just like with poetry, you use that the platform to, to be honest and tell the truth. And, um, you know, and now it's just kind of adjectives. It's like, yeah. you know, we're just, we're, it's a musical <laughs> adjectives to explain it our is. current society. Yeah. We're like, well, how can I describe this society? Instead of like poking holes in it. Right. And, or really pulling at the heartstrings and, and you know, having people grow. It's just... How many different ways can we say this is awesome, or my life is great? Yeah, <laughs> that, I can't do it. Even if it's not great, but you have to just project this image of success and happiness and like right. Yeah, I Whatever. don't know. It's a weird. It's a strange time. I gotta be honest. Yeah, it is a strange time. Yeah, are you a Lou Reed fan? Yeah, yeah, dude. He was yeah. an early adopter of selling out. Yeah, like in the eighties. I remember I had a really good friend that was like like die by Lou Reed kind of guy. Yeah, and uh. We were teenagers. It must have been like 1984, like that early. Honda made like this goofy scooter and he loved him and like did the commercial for it. Like, is Reed like all cool with his fucking little Honda scooter? <laughs> but he yeah. loved him. Yeah. Yeah. I even saw an interview with them recently where, because uh, they were like, oh yeah, you sold out. And I'm like, oh, I kept on going through all this stuff. And I was like, I remember those commercials. And then there was an interview with him where he goes, yeah, I did it. I mean, look. I love them. They're fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Lou Reed's looking for fun. <laughs> he's, always, he's always been a little odd bird anyway. I mean, it's just TV appearances. If you go back and watch them, they're just awkward for the sake of being awkward. Yeah. But um, I, I feel like just because things go in cycles generationally, I, have, I feel like maybe not this next one, but the one after that will be I, I, somewhere there's going to be a counterculture kind of rebelliousness to go against all of the commercial and all the corporate attitude Correct. that we have now of like the only thing America's society seems to value is wealth and status and money. And, you know, at yeah. the end, it's like, and we see it every day. It's wealth and, and, uh, status and money over public interest Correct. over public health. And uh, you know. one of the things that, that I, uh, I had a situation like with a step parent yesterday uh -oh. and then with my dad like a week ago where he was taught we were having a perfectly normal conversation on the phone he had Fox News on in the background he's like hang oh, on boy. I want to watch this and I'm like okay I'm folding my clothes and he calls back and starts just like fucking screaming at me and blaming me so <laughs> it's insane but what I was kind of coming to the conclusion last night that like there really was like a world where in 2016 we saw how many people were impressed by a dude that has a gold toilet. Yeah. You know what? I, and just, yeah. just that, like, mm -hmm. like, I want to be like that. <laughs> that guy has a fucking gold toilet. Like that's yeah. like, that's how you know you made it. Yeah. It's gold. Like 
it's such an odd thing where like that's so impressive to our society where like yeah. you could see it at Instagram too or, or mm-hmm. like whenever you put out a song isn't it less than if you're if my dog jumps off something and I take a picture you know what I mean like yeah. you feel so stupid like yeah and it, and I spent a lot of time making that and money right <laughs> and the culture does not look at the art as art it just looks at Content. how many stream numbers yeah. it has and it's like well the illusion, and I can't stand this when people say this, but people in the industry, I won't say Austin, but the industry, right. uh, always say like, oh, the cream rises to the top and nothing could be further from the truth. I, I feel like it's like, I say that somebody says they look at your streaming numbers and they're like, oh, well, clearly this artist is not good. He's not talented. Right, right, he's right, not right. capable. Yeah, yeah. That That's the impression. And we're yeah, like, oh, yeah. well, he's, he's just starting out. Either they're just starting out or they're not talented or it's not good. Because obviously if they were good, someone would notice and they'd be in the top. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they don't understand that the music world is corporate like everything else is corporate. Sure. And we don't see the cream <laughs> rise to the top in the corporate world or our government or anywhere else in our society. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so, but I uh, think that we want to maintain the illusion because what else do we have, really? We yeah, have to I mean, believe want, in these, these right. uh, oracles that, <laughs> that are more impressive than we are and more amazing than we are. And, yeah. you know, oh, we'll never live up to this and... You know, and I, I think that just depresses the art. And what I'm finding when I go to Europe is that because their cultures are well, well more, way more sophisticated, more appreciative of art in a wider capacity. That's their cultures painting. are way more cultured. Yeah. yeah. Painting, <laughs> yeah. more sophisticated and, yeah. and a wider appreciation across demographics. Sure. So here, younger kids, it's top 40 music. And if they don't have a bunch of streams, or they don't have a certain sound electronically. It's not even interesting. I beg to differ. Really? I on, honestly, I do. I really do. Like, mm. we still, it's weird because we're all like in our 50s, but mm-hmm. we still play like high school events. It's a skyrocket. And we wow. play music from the 70s and 80s. And I have seen kids, I'm not joking, sing every word to almost every song where I'm just like in <laughs> awe watching this one. Like, how does this fucking 17 year old know the, the lyrics to like, uh, Hot Child in the City by Nick Gilder. Like, how is that a thing? Yeah, well. Because I think music, it just kind of washes over. There's no, like, when we were growing up, it like, okay, when I was growing up, in, in like the early 80s, if you were like, if you walked up to a bunch of dudes wearing, wearing denim vests with Iron Maiden things on the back and you were like, hey, guys heard Maneater by Hollow Notes? Someone would punch you in the face. <laughs> like, there was walls. And maybe yeah. those dudes sat at home listening to it, but they wouldn't tell anyone. Right. Yeah, but yeah. now... No kid, like a kid comes out and is like, hey man, I like AC. Like they'll make a mixtape and be like The weekend, and then ACDC. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, like what? I think, yeah, you, you might be There's right. There's like a weird playlist uh, mentality to the way people consume music. For now. some of those kids, yes. If they were, I would say like if they were brought up right, you know, and then, and the parents were actually of some <laughs> influence on them. Yeah, yeah. But for the ones that aren't, where music's not a prominent part but you, of their lives. You think about all these superheroes ha- movies have like a remake, like uh, what was it? Like the Justice League had Gary Clark Jr. doing mm-hmm. Come Together by the Beatles. And so like, yeah, I kind of exactly. feel like they're always being, and like, what was the, if there's just another movie of it. It has a raccoon and a little tree guy. And that, that movie's <laughs> Guardians like... Of the Galaxy. Right, that's like yeah. a 70s mixtape movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So the movies will still have the soundtracks and whatnot. So yeah, I mean, it's stuff <laughs> will still resonate. However, if you're writing original music in that style and you put it out, I'm getting to... Where, you know, if I pay for PR or if I'm going through the process of actually Retro. pitching these songs right, to right, playlist right. curators, yeah. I'm realizing that these playlist curators are in their 20s. 
and they didn't grow up with the genres and styles that I grew right. up with. So the only connotation they have is of 70s music is Spirit in the Sky and like the obvious songs <laughs> yeah, that would yeah, be yeah. on a Forrest Gump soundtrack. Right, right. Like they they don't yeah. understand sonically how the music fits together. So when they hear my music, they don't hear that era right. and they don't know what to make of it. And like, well, I don't know if this fits my playlist and right, know, right. stuff like that. And it's like, well, if you, if, there, if you grew up on the era that I did and you were well-versed in that music, uh, and some kids are, some kids are, but I'd say the vast majority um, just never really take the time to discover it. Did you ever listen to a band called the Dan Reed Network? I've heard the name. Okay. But tell me more. Well, they were like <laughs> a, a band in the, like, 1989 that was doing what the, kind of like hot off the wire mm-hmm. equivalent kind of like funky rock. Yeah. Well, great I, songs too, by the way. I think that, thanks man. Um, I think the issue is that with the songs with hot off the wire, they're such a blend of styles. They're not, it's not funk. It's not soul. It's not rock. It's right. just kind of somewhere in between all of those. So I think people don't really quite understand what to make of it. Right. Like it needs to be, again, going back to the art discussion and how people perceive art. Like it needs to be in a package that they totally understand. Otherwise they neglect it. It yeah, seems that's right. And whereas more sophisticated appreciators of art will be like, right. uh, appreciate it for its uniqueness and yeah. not have to be like, what marketing pitch does this fit in? Yeah. And it's just, no, it's just Donovan Keith. It's just this thing or just yeah. this artist. And, um, uh, I get a much greater response to the average person there to not only the live show, everybody responds pretty well to the live show, but, um, for the actual songs themselves and people um, have more, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's it's great. I mean, I'm always, I, people ask me all the time, the way I talk about it is if I'm going to go just abandon the U.S. and live there. I don't think I'm quite ready for that. But. No, but there is, I mean, there's there's a fuckload of people. Joey Lee, yeah. uh, Jimmy Dale Gilmore, but like all mm-hmm. of the, uh, uh, Golden Dawn Orchestra, yeah, like people that go over yep. there and they they tear it up, man. People like shit. There's nothing better. That's you get to go like even if you don't come home with like a huge pocket full of cash, yeah, you get to go to Europe essentially for free. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I'm, I'm still at the point where I'm having to uh, right, right, right. Hack I my, mean, but I, hack, I pay for my own dime. But I love it. I, I did one of those ones where yeah. I went there and I, I it was a, a me and my ex wife and I did some shows here that gave you a little extra cash and yeah. And, you know, over the course of two weeks, I played like four shows. It was, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and people I love there are European killing. culture. Yeah, I me love too. the languages, the culture, the history. I grew up reading about medieval history, and it's, um, it's quite something else to read about it. And then, you know, you Just have old things here, but it's a couple hundred years old at the most. Yeah, and yeah. You go over there, yeah. and you're in a castle complex where there's like, Roman infrastructure from right. like the first century that's 2,000 years old and then right. there's a thousand it's all in the same place and there it is you can touch it right and it's, it's and crazy well you know over there their appreciation of stuff like um, you know people like Leonard Cohen here would play like the the Paramount or something but yeah. over there you know he's not playing the Enormo Dome but he's he's playing to a good 10,000 people a night yeah you know yeah, and it's they appreciate mm-hmm. the roots American music. They do more than now. It's kind of a novelty where they're always talking about keeping the blues alive, and it's like right. okay, but only the blues that you like in the contemporary style that right. you like, and guitar shredders and stuff like that. I, the I same mean, thing I, exists I did, over there. <laughs> I, I did, I did face that as, and I feel like I want people that weren't like come back. 
because it was like this guy's like kind of like oasis and blur like what the fuck do we need this guy here for you know what really? i mean we've oh. already got these guys huh. i did i was not american enough for them at all oh okay. i know i wasn't yeah like yeah. I, my music is so rooted in like t-rex and bowie and stuff and oh, okay. when it's american it's like cheap tricks so it's like an american band but that's rooted in that you yeah know what i mean yeah. that same kind of shit yeah so i it's that's funny you mentioned that because yeah. there's a there's some friends of mine that are in a band in Madrid that I'm um, friends with and they they're actually coming over here when I get back <clears throat> playing a couple shows in Austin and in Texas and uh, they're like a country band but they're from Madrid right right and so they they do really well in Spain and they're playing shows and stuff and then they're coming over here and I I'm trying to you know kind of ease them into realize just Guys, Americana in country music is like everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's readily available and in like the most authentic versions you could get it. Right, but so, you know, you, I mean, someone might be like, oh, and they're from Spain. Like, yeah, no way. Exactly. And that's guy. how I've been selling it. And we've been, we'll have opportunities and they'll be able to, they'll be able to play and be seen and whatnot. But I just I keep your expectations low because right. they have the belief that they're just going to come over to US and, you know, go to the top. And it's yeah. like, man. <laughs> we've got a lot of competition here especially in country yeah uh so yeah Jeez, man um so long show at the continental club is that what the deal is yeah i'm doing the whole night so i'll do uh, jesus i'm doing um you play sets set. or do you just go straight oh uh, i'll play probably two sets so i do one probably like two ten I'll to one, one or short set from like 10 to 11 15 as the smaller version of the band with some of these songs, I'll be playing ukulele and keys. And then uh, got a couple other guys coming up. So it's been like Donovan, Keith, and Friends. So I've got different guys that I'm playing with, and then we'll play more of like the party set late Yeah, from you know 11.30 on. Just kind of grind it out, do the... Uh, what kind of special guests do you have? Oh, it's just like a, a mix of like all the guys I've been playing with like oh, okay. lately. Okay. So different, they'll have like a couple different drummers. So one drum will be on the first set, different drummer right. on the second, stuff like that. So I didn't know if it was like, oh, Gary Clark Jr. is no, going to sing a no. song. I don't like, even know any of those people and well enough to, you know, have them show up at a show. You know, I'm not not on that level. I've kind of stayed in my uh, stayed in my lane in Austin over the years. I just I had a thing and it was booked with Gary mm. and I was going to do it on his bus on New Year's Eve. In between sound checking his gig outside of Antone's. Wow. And he he was like, Hey, I've been on the road for like two months. Yeah. I just really want to take a nap in between the gig. I, I mean, sound checking the gig. Can we just do this another time? Dude, I hear And that, that was in 2011. Wow. I never, we never did it. Wow. I know. I hate that. Yeah. And I, it feels man. embarrassing. Like there's this guy, like, Oh, yeah, I didn't get the, the main guy. <laughs> Yeah, but you got to imagine what that life is like, and I, I don't oh, no, know. As do. time goes by, I don't think Sleepy. I want that. I, I, I mean, people talk about that they want, so many people when they start out playing music, they say, they, oh, they want fame and they want success. I'm like, I want enough that I can make a living and, mm -hmm. and do well and enjoy oh, yeah. myself. But to that level yeah, where I'm yeah. just 24-7 on the road and there's... You know, I'm at the point. If you go to Europe and I play now, I I can solo travel in between the shows and like I can go where I want when I want. If I had to play, 
Yeah, yeah. If you were like on tour and you had a tour days. manager, yeah, you'd be tired as shit every day. You wouldn't go. You'd be napping instead of like walking around and, and checking out the loop. Being on that level in Austin or Texas or regional, being on a musician of that level where everybody's asking for you to oh make public God. appearances all the time. I don't I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah. I'm fine with just being the crazy guy on the stage and that's yeah. good enough for me. Well man. It's yeah. good enough for all of us, man. Yeah. Donovan Keith. We should be able to do what we want. That's the thing that people came out of the pandemic. You know how people say no one wants to work, everyone just wants to work from home. Well, we all mm. spend a year kind of like hanging out and then all of a sudden you come back and you're like, well, Life can be really fucked up. Like, I don't want to spend my days doing some shit I don't want to do. Yeah. And that, I don't think that's bad. And you still see people who fall right back into that workaholic mentality, too, where they're just, their career is all their lives. And, and you're like, why? Yeah. I think <laughs> that happens, that? though, as you get older. Like, it's happened to me as I get older. Like, yeah. now I'm like, I'll block off a date because it's some family member's birthday and everyone's good. I never did that in my life. I was like, I don't say yes to any family thing until I know that date's clear. Yeah. And it kept me from, you know, people's graduations. That means something to me. People's weddings. It means something to me. People's birthdays. Well, I think if people were in the corporate world, especially if they're like hustling and they're trying to make their corporate career, uh, and they're working 50, 60 hours a week and whatnot. And they think that at the end there's a, you know, they'll make it to the end of the rainbow. Yeah. But I mean, the whole thing is exploitation because yeah. you get to the end, or you get for, you get farther enough along that you can see what's going on, and you're just basically being exploited for your time and right. life and all that. And right. I think you get to a space, but I think because I was never part of that world and I was always in music, I mean, I could always kind of sense it and feel it. Um, but man, I I don't understand. I think there's more uh, that man, the traveling has done me such a world of good. I'm a totally different person now that I've seen uh, and sure. gotten to experience other cultures, and especially, and you know, the Spanish are, the Spanish are yeah. incredibly laid back and they like to have relax and have a good time. And it doesn't mean they're, they're not lazy by any means. No, they know how to live. Yeah. They they're can, like, Hey, you know, uh, in the middle of the day, I get really tired. Yeah. Someone's fucking taking a nap and you know what? I don't want to eat at like six at night. And yeah. eat at fucking midnight and then go out and do a thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's yeah. still social. That culture fits. I love it. Like, it's really, yeah. And they're super nice and they're, you know, they can be political. They can have a political discussion without unfriending That's their an American. and their followers. Oh, to fucking your own kids. <laughs> yeah. My dad hung up on me that the day. Strangers. He called me an asshole and he hung up on me. Wow. Yeah. Because of something that I still, this is honest to God, Donovan, I, I don't know what he saw. I kept on saying, what did you see? And he's like, and you voted for Biden. Oh. And I'm like, well, dude, I live in Texas. It doesn't matter who the fuck I vote for for president, man. Yeah. Like, it's always going to be overrun by somebody. Like, you should be happy I live here. Yeah. I'm not, my thing doesn't work. <laughs> Some fear porn that's on TV that they watched. And then. Yeah, same with my stepmom. You start describing something. Yeah. and then, Oh, you're contributing to the downfall yeah. of some Western civilization. Well, that's what I told her like last night. Yesterday, I was like, she's like, what are you doing? I was like, you, she's like, are you going like, you know, some kind of party? I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I'm going to play. Like, it's the end of the Senate uh, session. Mm-hmm. We're playing. And she's like, oh. And I was like, yeah, it might be weird. This guy's getting impeached. And she was like, is he a Republican? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then she just went off on like Let how these- Let me tell you something. They're not, they're not investigating Hillary Clinton or Hunter Biden. And I'm like, that is not the responsibility of the Texas Senate. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know how government works, but they don't go to individual states that are far away from where these people live and go like investigate this. Anyway, yeah. it is nice to know that we can live in a- like 
in a civil yeah. world. And uh, it's funny, this girl in Paris um, who's kind of showing me around, she's a friend of a friend, but we were having a conversation about that. And she's like, yeah, we get for my friends and I, we go out, we have drinks and things get heated and we might yell at each other. But then at the end of the night, we just get another glass of wine yeah. and hug it out. I'm like, that doesn't happen here. No, <laughs> no. So, mm. uh, yeah, it's wild. It's weird too, because, uh, I've lived in Texas for 15 years, but it took me going to Andalusia in Spain to, before I actually rode a horse. That's I mean, you could walk in any direction in Texas here and just stumble into a ranch that has yeah, yeah. horseback riding. Yeah. And I never, never did it once. Did and it then there. I went over there. Yeah. There's a really cool family in the outside of Ronda, which is where one of the towns of the, the festival we play in. And uh, they saw the show. They loved the show. And they said, hey, if you want to come stay at the ranch. And I'm like, all right. Well, let me stay in their guest house for free for a few days. And uh, yeah, the first time I was on a horse. That's awesome. And yeah, it's beautiful scenery too. It's all mountains and you're basically just you post horseback lo- riding in these like olive groves, yeah, trees, yeah. olive trees for miles. Mm. Yeah. Do you post a lot in your Instagram when you're there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think probably out of all the socials, probably Instagram's the most, that I probably connect to the most. Yeah. It seems like the most, though that one, like Facebook has the same problem of, of American, uh, <laughs> yeah, American political relationships. Yeah, yeah. It, that became a, a insane place. A yeah. Craziness. I, I think the, it was the news. It, the fact that <laughs> people brought in the news to Facebook and yeah, 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 yeah. Um, also made it <laughs> the business platform where everybody has to post their stuff yeah. now and be relevant. That was the end of it. It should have just been a social. And I mean, you remember MySpace? Yeah. I mean, I bet. Almost everyone would go back to MySpace because yeah. of of how it's simple it was. Just go back to that time where everybody was social, and we didn't have the arguments that we have today. Right. There was occasion like you could have your music on there. Maybe some guy you never heard of in your life went by just to shit on you. Like, oh, this sucks. You sound yeah. like a shit ass. Early and, trolls. Yeah, yeah, early trolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, people weren't fucking with each other about anything. No, and you didn't have bots everywhere who yeah, just yeah, stirring yeah, up. Yeah. You know, racial Bots. issues, or and it, I mean, I feel like that's oh, no. all Twitter is. I got off of Twitter for you that reason. I, I feel like maybe they just weren't honest about it, but I bet you eighty percent of Twitter is just bots that are stirring up stuff, and Shit. that there's people talk about how racist people are on social media. I'm like, or YouTube comments, yeah, and I bet you most of those people are are bots just to stir up fucking crazy people on the platform. That's just you know, no proof, just uh, speculating, but yeah. Are you a video game guy? Uh, I I mean maybe I was back in the day, mm. but uh, I'm gonna like. Do you know who Star Long is? Mm-mm. It's like the Richard Garriott, like you know that guy's Richard Gear Garriott. Oh no, <laughs> he's the video game developer from here. That Origin. And he oh okay, went to I'm space familiar with shit. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this guy's this dude, and he has this new company with Shooter Jennings. I'm interviewing them. In, cool. In a little while. Sweet. Hopefully. Yeah. Wow. Moving up. Johnny's Johnny's podcast. It's moving. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. He's promoting his new like booking app. Okay. <laughs> it's so weird. Like okay. having to think. Like, it's right, really yeah. Shooter Jennings. Related. That's yeah. Why not? Um, dude, uh, these songs are, uh, I love Hot Off The Wire. People need to go check that if you haven't heard it. Emily Keeley's really cool. Uh, Heartbreaks, Heartbreaks Soliloquy, great song. People can find you at DonovanKeithMusic.com. You're out there playing. You'll be in the Spain 
the Spain, the España, Spain, yes, España, the peninsula. Yeah, <laughs> I still haven't gotten used to that. I'm trying to learn Spanish. I'm struggling. But uh, do you, are you? Do you know Julio Iglesias' music? That if you heard uh, a guy imitate him. No. Okay. I don't know that that well enough. I do a great one. It makes my grandma like be, like double over. With <laughs> um, so uh, I love his music actually. Yeah. I mean, some of it, like his sort of like late uh, late '70s, early '80s, like quasi disco romantic period. Yeah. Whatever. Um, <laughs> the romantic. The romantic. You know the the yes. romantic period of Julio Iglesias. Yes. Uh, Friday tonight, June second, Continental Club ATX, right here in Austin. You can see a long-ass show by my friend Donovan Keith. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow night, if you live in Dallas, head down to the Rustic. There's no cover there, right? Uh, no. That's pretty badass. Yeah, it's just open. And uh, awkward uh, setup because you've got like a whole chunk of the audience out here and then one, the dine-in audience on your yeah, left yeah, that yeah. never see you. But yeah, um, it's still a cool venue and when, they, they treat bands pretty well. Yeah, when Skyrocket played there, I spent a lot of time running over to that side of the stage. Yeah, well, you got to. <laughs> if you're the so front funny. man, you're just like, you feel like you're neglecting a third of the audience that's just in there and they're looking at the butts of the other guys that yeah. are up there. So. <laughs> got to play to the audience somehow. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, it's great to catch up, man. Dude, thanks for having yeah. me. It's good to be back. No problem. Great to have you. I don't care where you go now. Gang, that was Donovan Keith. Get out there and check out his new single, Heartbreak Soliloquy. And also, if you're listening to this show, the day that it comes out, he's playing tonight, Friday, June 2nd, at the Continental Club here in Austin, Texas. And tomorrow night, Saturday, June 3rd, at the Rustic in Dallas, Texas. Go to Donovan Keith Music for all of your Donovan Keith needs. I had a really great time talking to him. I really like that guy a lot. Hopefully, we'll get to hang out. I want to get out and see a show and really get, get into Donovan, see what he's doing. You know? I like that dude, man. I like that he's changing stuff up, too. That's great. Donovan Keith Music. Don't forget when you get out there and see DonovanKeithMusic.com, you can subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you find podcasts, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, new shows every Tuesday and every Friday. I drop From the Vault episodes Saturday nights sometimes, and they're great. We've been doing this show for a long time. If you want to go back, if you're new to the show, you can, you can go to any of the streaming services and check out the last 100 episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you find podcasts. And if you want to dig in even deeper, you can find us at howdidigethere.podbean.com where all 1,281 episodes are housed. All right? Thank you so much for listening to the show. Have a great weekend. Have a great, great weekend. Okay, whatever it is you're doing, enjoy the rest of the song, Heartbreak Soliloquy by my pal, Donovan Keith. Let's get down. A little peace in my soul. Oh, 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 baby, I'm praying as I'm weighing up all of the things I've been saying. They'll find a way to you in this song. Oh, and now that you're gone. Life is more water than stone And I'm thinking that I'm better off alone Now this box of your stuff that I'm feeling Feels like pieces of my heart I'm killing Erasing all that's left of our history And if everything I've heard is true You've already found someone new Let them be more than I could ever be I don't care where you go now As long as you're away from me Cause I'm tired of feeling like I'm afraid to fall I don't care who you're with now As long as I don't have to see Cause I'm
cause I'm trying to find a little peace in my soul Oh, oh baby, I'm sighing as I'm crying And I know there's no use in denying Our love is now a memory Oh, if it's meant to be The love's not intended for me And this is my heartbreak soliloquy in my soul oh, oh, oh baby I'm sighing as I'm crying and I know there's no use in denying our love is now a memory oh if it's meant to be your love's not intended for me and this is my heartbreak soliloquy mm-hmm. this is my heartbreak soliloquy This is my heartbreak soliloquy.